man, I just like your name, but I, I can't do it justice by pronouncing it with a redneck accent. I know. I, I like your accent, man. It's very authentic. You know, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's one. That's perfect. That's totally fine. Yeah. You say it means uh, Stephen? Yeah, Stephen. And then my last name is Zacharias. It's Zacharias, like Zachariah. And um, yeah, so I'm from Sacramento, California. And uh, yeah, I've con converted to Catholicism, like a lot of your guests, you know, for, uh, yeah. back. It's been about, I think it was in 2010. This is the um, spring of 2010. Well, start back like, um, okay, you live in Sacramento, which is named Sacrament. Oh, yeah. Yep. In a in a uh, mission state with El Camino Real. Yeah. You know, yeah, built for the king. I love that, man. Yeah. that's uh, So that's the bell, the El Camino Real bells. So like the church bells that were set up. What and, a uh, What's that? What a coincidence that I said that. Yeah, totally. It, it is. Um, and uh, that's the signature of St. Junipero Serra, the missionary, the, 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 monk, the Franciscan monk who came to... Um, establish all the missions here. Wow. Um, so they went to uh, San Diego. Mm -hmm. and Los Angeles. City of Angels, St. Diego. See, when I was Protestant, <laughs> I never put this together when I was Protestant. Yeah. There's a lot of Spanish influence in Alabama, too, and especially really? Florida. Yeah, really? I mean, the, the, the flags, both flags are very similar. They have the Spanish imperial flag, um, the, the Cross of Borgoña, the, or the Cross of St. Andrew. Um, and uh, they, we, we call the Cross de Borgoña because in Bor the, the Borgoña uh, was like its own um, nobility that carried that, that saint as their patron saint. And it's in like a part of France. But basically what happened is that over generations of marriages of nobles and, and, and ro royalty marrying with other kingdoms and stuff, that uh, the Spanish Empire ended up having a marriage where the, a lineage from the, Bor the, Borgo the, the Borgueses or the, I'm sorry, those from Borgoña, not Borgueses, those from Borgoña uh, married with the Spanish monarchs. And then they had one of the largest sovereignties the world's ever seen, which extends to the Philippines, the Americas, and uh, um, Germany, before the, right before the Reformation. Um, and then, um, yeah, and, and obviously Spain and, and whatever, yeah, and, and parts of Italy too. What, um, what was that on your right, on your right arm? Oh, that's, that's the, uh, that, the Immaculate, um, what's it, the Miraculous Medal? It's the back part of the Miraculous yeah. Medal. It's a Marian cross with the cross intertwined with the M for symbolizing Mary's, uh, uh, on a fundamental role in, in yeah. salvation, right? And being the mother of God, right? And then that's the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary with the sword piercing through it. Like when he was crucified, uh, it was like a, a sword going through her heart, you know, she was like pierced that way. And then the 12 stars represent the 12 apostles. That is amazing. Do you have any more? Yeah, yeah. Well, I have that. Catholic? That yeah, very Catholic. All Catholic. Um, oh, and this is that, that cross, the Borgoña I was telling you about. Um, and that's, you know, you can see that's the, just a wreath, like a wreath or a, uh, yeah. Um, and then you got like the, the, the papal crown here with the keys of St. Peter. And then that's the Bible verse where uh, Jesus gives authority to St. Peter um, to, and he says, and on this church, and, in, uh, and on this rock, I build my church, referring to St. Peter. And because, um, yeah, basically changing his name from Simon Bar-Jonah to Peter, which was, uh, which, like, as we see in the Bible, is a constant thing for, um, for, for prophetic individuals from God being uh, 
send a special mission. Um, and so that's why it was such an important, important piece well, and for all of us Christians. This, those are, that's beautiful. Ink, artwork, whatever you call it. My dad. Yeah. Had, yeah. My, huh? uh, Sheila wants some of those. Can you give her, can you hook her up? You know, <laughs> do that yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right. You've got to, it definitely was, it was, I was kind of nervous because, um, I didn't, I mean, I don't know what the artists are going to think. Right. I mean, not everyone's Catholic, right. And you have some, yeah. I, I thank God that I kind of came across a guy and I just was like, we, I kind of, we, I slowly worked up to it. And uh, now that this man, this guy's like, he's totally understanding where I'm coming from, you know? Right. Well, yeah, uh, so now, this, mm -hmm. this is going to sound um, like a stereotypical redneck. Um, it's all good. Here's what I think. Okay. When I went to my first mass in mm -hmm. March of 2013, um, I went into the Catholic church with my wife, who's of Italian, you know, mm -hmm. she's of Italian descent. So in my mind, you had, you know, I thought when I walked into the mass, everybody would look like you. Nice. I love it. Really? really? So yeah. in, in my, in my thinking, all guys that are Hispanic, Mexican, uh, you know, Latin, Spanish, whatever, or automatically Catholic. So you said you're a convert. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's very interesting. It, my my mom, my parents, they, I, so I didn't grow up speaking Spanish either. So I, I had a kind of a unstable relationship stuff growing up, you know, family, divorced family. Uh, my mom was, I mean, she was, she was an educator. She was a teacher and she was very, uh, she was educating other teachers on how to be more politically correct, right? And like kind of what we're seeing now with the wokeism and stuff. And she, this was kind of like, a, this is where it kind of stems from, uh, teacher teachers, right? Um, and so she'd go around California teaching this to, a curriculum to other teachers on how to be more uh, politically correct with your students, you know, tackling certain issues, right? But um, that's what I grew up listening to. I had no religion in my house. And um, also uh, my dad was, he was, he was definitely around, which is good. He was a, he's a good dad, but I mean, he just was kind of doing, he had another family. So anyways, like I really didn't have any need to be religious or anything. Um, in fact, I just kind of was, you know, I was young, I was a teenager and I ended up living in Argentina for a year and I learned Spanish out there and I learned to have more respect for, for Catholicism, just respect, right? I didn't was becoming Catholic, but I learned to understand that these are, that, you know, Catholics are intelligent people, right? They're not these stereotypical religious, you know, fanatics that I've, you know, we see in the media, right? Um, and then I learned to just have a little bit more respect. So I think that kind of opened my mind a little bit. But uh, but when I came back, I had some interesting phenomena in my house, uh, like maybe paranormal stuff in my house. Um, and uh, I was living with my mother at the time. And I remember, and I was like my last year in high school or so. But I remember t asking God, I was so nervous. I asked God, I said, if I, I'll go to church. I literally, I was exaggerating. I'll, I'll go to church for the rest of my life if you, if you, if you take care of me, I'm so scared of my, I'm like nervous in, in the middle of the night. I'm like, can you help me? Cause I was like hearing things. What was and going things. on? What was happening to scare you? Well, at the time, well, it was weird. It was, my alarm was going off. It was like in the middle of the night, it was just turning on and then things were moving in my room. Um, and then things, then also like just strange things, things that would try to catch my attention that might keeping the microwave on constantly, uh, the door would open up, just open. I would hear bangs. Um, so just real annoying things. It wasn't anything nothing too too crazy like you see in the movies right but it was definitely weird it was definitely something that had me and it was it was stressing me out 
And so that's when I, I said to God, I'll go to church for the rest of my life. You know, <laughs> I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what church to go to. So I went immediately to like my, my African friend, he's gone in and he went to, he went to a, a Baptist church. So I went to the first church I was going to was a Baptist church or singing and, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is what, I mean, that's what I promised God. So I'm just going to be here, you know? And so like, and then, um, and fortunately they were very, you know, they're really cool with me. I ended up finding a church a little closer to my house, a Protestant church near my house called a Westland church. And, uh, I remember going to this Christian West Westland church and, I mean, at that time, we had a lot of things going on um, politically. It was like 2008 or so, you know, 2009-ish time. And I remember in California here, we had some legislation that was being, that was being proposed uh, for our constitution in California. And at the time, it was very hard for me to understand and, and hear how the Christian faith doesn't, you know, correspond politically, you know, with uh, what, what I had grown up as being okay. So for me, it, took, it was a hard pill to swallow. But I needed, a, I had a lot of questions, so many questions. So it really challenged me to really find, seek out these answers and keep my promise to God, right? That I was going to stay, you know, faithful to God and loyal to God and, and look, seek out these answers. And that's when, um, and at the same time, I was trying to get other people to become Christian, right? Because that's kind of us, I think you see with a lot of Christians, that's kind of one of our duties is to, to evangelize, right? And so I was constantly trying to get other people coming to, to, either this Westland church or go to church or talk about God and stuff and look up the Bible and stuff. So, I mean, the Bible, you know, anyways, my mother was, she was, my mother and my family, they were like, oh man, this guy, he is, he is changing fast. Like we're, this is, this is getting a little, like a little, they got a little nervous for me. Um, and I'm grateful that they were very patient, me, patient with me at that time when I was very Protestant. Right. And so what happened was, is that Eventually, I was trying to, I was so willing to go out of my comfort zone to get my mom to go to church that she said, I'll go to a Catholic church, she said, because she used to be Catholic. She stopped being Catholic, right, a long time ago before I was born. But she said, I'll go to a Catholic church and, and we can start there, okay? So I'm like, okay. So I, as, when I go to the Catholic church, it's the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament in Sacramento, California. It's a cathedral set up right next to the Capitol there. It's huge. It's beautiful in there. When I showed up there, and I saw what they were doing, how they had the gospel when they were celebrating the, the Bible. And they were and, and it was just like such a it was a serious it was, it was a serious worship. Right. That was not like the guitars and the and the and the teenagers, you know, like, you know, just singing there and like, you know, people, kids, you know, things on the stage and like just, you know, it was a little more serious. It had more tradition. It just felt like it carried more weight, historical weight, you know. And so I I remember. <laughs> I just, and I saw how my mother, she, she actually remembered some of the responses and I saw that everyone was responding. How and, long had it been since she had been to a mass? Since, oh, so a mass she probably had gone and visited maybe a couple times uh, when she went to Mexico, just to like stop by and stuff, you know, cause there's some beautiful places. She, she knew the, but, the responses. The she remembered the responses. She remembered them. And uh, this is 2009, right? So this is before the English got updated again. I'm not sure if you remember that when Pope Benedict, he was able to, um, Pope Benedict XVI, he was able to kind of get that going for the update for the English. But so it was like, oh, it's still kind of in line with the responses from like the 70s, 80s, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so anyways, um, so anyways, I see all this. I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. I'm like, and I hadn't been baptized yet. That was the thing. I, I hadn't been baptized. And I had, I was even talking to Mormons at the time, just, and I was very curious. I was like, why are they, why are you guys different? Why are, yeah. Jeho why are Jehovah's Witnesses different? Like, well, if you guys, everybody says they're like Jesus. Why, why, are there so, why is there this attitude that I don't understand what's going on, you know? So I knew there was something deeper here. And I knew something was off. Like, I knew I, didn't, I, knew I wasn't going to be Mormon. I knew I was going to be uh, Jehovah's Witness. But I did want to know why, you know? 
Um, and so when I, became, when I, so at the time I hadn't been baptized yet. And so I decided, I said, yeah, this is where I want to be baptized. It, just, it was just a calling. It was a calling. I you very talked about at the mass. At the, at the, the mass. Mass. Mm-hmm. Not the Mormons. Not the Mormons. No, no, no. <laughs> well, no, I, I had friends there too. At the Church of Latter-day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had, I, had, I had friends there too at the Church of Latter-day Saints too. Um, so, but no, it wasn't the Mormon. No, I, and I even was, I participated in their, in their, like, it was a, like a, like a two hour, three hour, uh, oh, I, you know, it's like worship and then like a discussion, you know, it's, um, I, I was even in that too, but I mean, I wasn't like, you know, it just wasn't for me, but when I just, I think maybe because my mother and maybe because, uh, she felt at home, maybe I saw that a little bit more or something. I don't know what it was, but, but whatever it was, I just felt like this is the church I need to be baptized in. Like out of all these churches and all this, this one seems to carry more weight, you know? Uh, it just seems, it just seems like, it seems like the right church. Um, so I went immediately. I remember going right after the mass and I said to the deacon, I, I didn't understand a deacon, a priest, I didn't understand all that, you know? But I remember going to him and I said, <laughs> so that, yeah, and uh, well then the deacon, you know, he said, if you want to be baptized here, come on tomorrow, come tomorrow, Monday, uh, to this, we have this like, um, this other part of the church where you're going to talk to this nun and they're going to get you set up. And I didn't understand exactly. And then I realized that I was going to be in RCIA catechism for adults for about like year and a half year or so. And, uh, and, and so I was like, Oh, I got to wait, you know, cause these other churches wanted to baptize me right there on the spot, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm, and I'm like, why do I got to wait? You know? And I think it's that attitude of like, yo, I'm the consumer, you know, I'm the client, the client's always right. Why do I got to wait? You know? But the yeah. Catholic Church doesn't wait for no one. It doesn't. It's it has it carries a high standard for God, you know. And um and I appreciate that. And I'm glad I spent that time in catechism. I learned so many things with adults. I mind you, I'm a young adult. I was like maybe 18. These adults were like maybe 50, somewhere in their 60s, somewhere in the 40s. There were just a whole range of different types of people. People like, like in Sacramento, like yourself. Yeah, the gentleman that looks like yourself. Oh, I went to class with a bunch of old people. <laughs> <laughs> in Sacramento, it's got a large. We had a large range of people coming in over there, so we had all kinds of teachers. Um, and I just was very impressed. I, w- I remember coming out of my, um, I remember coming out of my my uh, my catechism class one night about a few months in, and I remember kissing the book that I had. It was like this this whole like workbook that had like a page for every controversial thing, you know, like a whole like a whole like lesson on every controversial topic for the Catholic Church. And I remember I learned so much. It was so enriching. It was way better than getting these other responses from these Protestant churches like, well, the Bible says so, you know, like you just can't do that. Right. No, like the Catholic Church had a very uh, logical stance on every single thing. Yeah. And it, it all kind of it all kind of ties in together, you know, being like, logical. like yeah, so yes, yeah, very theological, very philosophical, you know, philosophical. And, uh, and and it just it ties in so well. Um, and it just gave me it, it wasn't for me being a young a person with a lot of energy to defend my faith, it gave me a lot to use to defend my faith with, you know, to defend God with, you know. I just felt like it was such a tool. And so, anyways, I remember um, receiving a catechism also, uh, a New American Bible. And, um, yeah, and so that's kind of when I ended up becoming baptized. I ended up going to college. My first year in college, I was still going through RCAA, the whole first year in college. And I met other like-minded Hispanic young men myself, like myself, but one was Guatemalan, another one was Mexican too. But we ended up, we're still friends till this day, and we're very Catholic. And, and it's funny, because I remember staying up late with them at night, talking to them about uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. Francis Xavier, how they were young Catholic, they were, they were Catholics too in college, how they would end up establishing the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, who ended up, you know, 
joint, you know, leading the counter reformation, uh, doing these great, great things. And they, we could honestly, we could be like that. You know, I remember saying things like that. So anyways, that's kind of how I got started. And then from there, we just, yeah, just been growing into it. And now, now I'm working on this. I don't know if you've seen this other work that I do now, but uh, I work, uh, I work for like, how do I say, like, I, I trans, I'm a Spanish translator. And so I translate certain historical controversial topics uh, regarding the Spanish, the Spanish history. Right. And, uh, and it took me down, it took me down a rabbit hole, but in doing so, honestly, it's a, it's a, it leads to a greater project, which is defending Catholicism. And that's not something I immediately say to people, but ultimately uh, there, there are a lot of great Catholics in history that are kind of being overlooked. And I think it's not, on, I think it's, I don't think it's a by accident. I think there, I think there is a, a big push to kind of hide our faith, hide the, the successes of our faith, the, uh, what we've established in the United States or throughout the world. And uh, who, I think we have a lot to be proud of. Hmm? Who would, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, no, 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 no. Be behind that push to hide it? Who? I, think lar- it I think largely it began with pro- Protestants and, and it's okay. been hundreds of years old. It's a culture war. It's a okay. culture war that, that literally is derived from actual wars. But you and, said you were studying um, history in Spain and um, um, I contacted an expert the other day because I want to nice. do a, I want to do an episode on the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it's that too. not to be something, you know, when I was taught about it in school, man, I didn't want nothing to do with a Catholic. Yeah. They were like freaking Vikings slaughtering people, got a crucifix and a battle axe. And, and you know, you know, in history, they told us when I was growing up, the Catholic Church executed like, I ain't kidding, like 300 million people. I mean, more than the population of the world. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. Murdered more people than were people. So do you know much about that? Oh, yeah. I, these are the talks I have with everybody. And it's interesting, too, because it started with these with Protestants, right? But it's definitely been heavily carried over the years by atheists, um, by activists, you know, like um, I even find even Spanish speaking countries, they teach it in their curriculum too. Uh, there is a certain subordination of their culture, of their faith, that they feel like they have to please these, or, or they, they listen, they take credits to, they give more credence or credibility to these other, these other teachers, right? And they're, they're picking up on these lies and they're picking up on these, they're straight myths, right? Some of them are just straight myths. And they're really adopting it and they're putting it in their curriculum, just yeah. like you, you probably seen, you know? I know. Um, yeah, so. Remember Jack Chick? Did you ever see a little booklet by a guy named Jack Chick, a comic book? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it's was terrible. It's it like uh, that too. He he developed a fake priest. There was a Jesuit, I think, a fake mm-hmm. that was spilling the beans on the inner workings of the Vatican and church history. Oh, it was it was horrible, but it was It turned out that the priest never existed. <laughs> no, they do that. They they lie. I know it's it's. I mean, it makes it obviously. I'm coming from a, a very biased perspective, right? But it's it's just it's what we've seen. It's what the the record shows. It's you know, proof. it's fake news. It's fake news. It's they, yeah. The printing press right at that time. Yeah. Started running off crap. You know, and you could see you could see with the, what I mean. Even the you remember like Martin Luther removed Bible books. I mean. His phrase was sola scriptura. 
I mean, yeah. that, he, if you love the Bible so much, why are you removing books from it? You know, obviously you're, you're compromised politically, you know, and, and, and uh, I mean, it, it's interesting. Yeah. There's a whole bunch that goes into it and, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to ask you a question, man. Okay. And all. Me and you don't really know each other, but I got a feeling that I can know, know you as, I, I think you'd be a good friend. Um, okay, something I don't understand about Hispanic people. Okay. And I guess I'm talking about the uh, the DNA uh, genetics. Um, yeah, yeah. I got a really good friend that I used to take a yoga class with. Mm, uh, okay. Years. Yeah. And she was from Puerto Rico. Okay. Okay, so she's Hispanic, right? Mm-hmm. Then, uh, but I never could get how, I guess, is Hispanic, it just seems like a, 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 a word that's too big. It's big. It's too it big. big. It's a broad stroke. It is a broad stroke. To me, and I have trouble, but okay, like, like you got Mexico. Yep. Spain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I've been to Spain a few times. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. haired women there, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blonde-haired women in Spain? I was my like, mom, I'm in Spain. My mom's because blonde, yeah. In my mind, I thought Spain and Mexico was like the same everything. I, it, there's a lot of blonde, there's a lot of, well, the genetic, you know, the, the genetics, there's a, long, there's a lot of blonde people in Mexico, too. Yeah. A lot of light-skinned people, too. Um you know, I and I think there the miscegenation, the mestizaje, the mixing of of you know people inter, you know marrying with other cultures, Indian people, you know indigenous people marrying with you know Europeans. I mean that was encouraged from the very beginning uh, when the when the when the Spanish arrived. I mean you have documents, we have it in black and white where the queen is you know encouraging that they marry with the indigenous people, um, and so you know that's why we have it just. I think what you see, what we see that I would say like the segregating of different races is something that really does, it, it takes a really big, um, it, it comes about strongly with eugenics, some of the modern science that has been utilized for racist motives. Um, and so that comes in the, you know, the early 1900s. Um, and so, I mean, that's, that's the same. I mean, even the Nazis utilized eugenics to push their racial racial su- supremacy over other people too and us in the united states too we had lots of programs that did so too um and so yeah you said like hispanic is a it's, it is a big brush right it's a huge brush but i think the reason why it's important to dispend like hispanidad hispanic heritage is to kind of bring together a lot of these countries that are so caught up in their nationalism right like they're so caught up in their i'm mexican right oh i'm mexican so i'm i i i'm not like those salvadorian guys right or I'm, I'm not like those Guatemalan neighbors of mine. Right. Or I'm not like those Puerto Rican guys, right? Like we're we're good at boxing, they're not good, right? Like or some some stupid, right? And I'm like, guys, guys, you guys are a lot more alike than you know. First of all, you have so much Catholicism. You guys are first of all, you're high, very Catholic country, right? I mean, this this wave of Protestantism that we're seeing coming in and trying to influence in our Hispanic cultures, we got to put a we got to put a stop to that. And 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 honestly, it, it's honestly it's subordinating us in many times, uh, in many ways, I would say. And, and um. I just don't think it's it's I don't think it's a, a rational way of looking at our history, right? We're attacking the span the, the our spiritual heritage that was left to us from the people before us, right? And the institutions that you know, fortunately, Catholics left for us like 
hospitals, universities, um, you know, uh, uh, missions, right? I mean, these institutions, you know, they, they, we were, us, especially us mestizajes, us people who are indigenous, mixed, like I'm, my dad's Huichol, he's, he's indigenous from Mexico, Huichol, it's a type of indigenous tribe from Mexico, my dad is, Indian? He's, uh, like Native American, Native Indian. American, Native American, like Indian Native American, yeah, indigenous, Native right, so, Native from Mexico, yeah, yeah, in Mexico, and different parts, uh, in different parts of Hispanic America, there are a lot of indigenous tribes that still exist to this day, and they speak different languages, right, they speak, a lot of them speak Spanish as a second language, but they speak other, their own indigenous language too, because they, they are Catholic, our Catholic, Catholicism is very good at incorporating other, other uh, cultures, other groups of people that look differently, and they're able to evangelize them without eliminating or exterminating them, right? Very different from like the, these Protestant areas, right? That go and they, they, they have, oftentimes have genocides. So, but anyways, um, and I think my, my own blood is, is it, me, my, my dad, my dad, my dad and his tribes, and I mean, it's a, it's a huge group, you know, within that live in the jungle still to this day. Um, and, and my dad married my mom. My mom's blonde. She's blonde, blue eyed, right? She's Hispanic too, but um, she's like probably has some Spanish, you know, ancestry or something. But um, yeah, she but she's like Mexican too. Like her family's they're, they they all spoke Spanish. Her aunts, her uncles, um, her, her mom. Why do y'all say uh, Latinas when Latin? So, so Latin. So yeah. Oh, yeah. So no, Latin was introduced to Hispanics when the French came. So when the French, with Napoleon's, uh, I would say, at the time of Napoleon, uh, the Spanish owed they owed him a lot of they owed him money. He also invaded Spain. Um, so he, the, he even kept the king at that time, uh, the Spanish king. And so they they decided to give parts of Hispanic America, like parts like Mexico, belonged to France at one point. And in that in this process, this. I think the French wanted to feel more included in the language as well. And they were the first ones to introduce the word Latin, Latin America. And so, but in reality, we are, uh, Latin is too broad. That's, if you think Hispanic is broad, that's it. Because at least we speak Hispanish. That makes sense. Well, we're Hispanic, right? But we don't speak Latin. I'll be English. Yeah. I'm not English, dude. Yeah, 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 exactly. So. English, but I'm not English. Well, yeah, yeah. My blood is. Yeah, I guess I am English. I got Spanish in me too. Did you know that? Probably. Oh yeah, I absolutely believe it. I mean, the whole south, the whole west, this whole southern part. I mean, I mean, I could get into that too. But uh, but yeah, Latin—that's where it comes from. I I I'm okay with people using Latin. I'm okay with I I get it. I mean, it's all around us. How we're not how are we not going to use it sometimes? But I I really try to make a concentrated effort to use Hispanic America when referring to Spanish-speaking countries and people who are of Spanish-speaking countries. Um, because I'm, even though I speak English, I'm, I'm, I'm Hispanic too, you know, it's, it's more of a culture, right? Like a cultural thing. And then Iberian American or Ibero-America, if we're referring to Brazil as well, because there's the Iberian Peninsula, you know? Portugal. Exactly. Exactly. It's in the Iberian Peninsula. Exactly. Yeah, so, and that includes Spain and Portugal. Didn't the Moors, didn't some of the North Africans end up in that part of Spain, yeah. Iberia? They were, they were fishermen and a bunch yeah. of wound up in Wales. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. if you ever look at Welsh people, they look like you, dude. Ah, you oh, yes. Catherine's yes. actress. That makes sense. She's Welsh. Really? That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. They had to kind of push away and go escape, huh? That makes well, a lot the, of sense. Uh, yeah, you know, just like the Vikings, they left because they got tired of ice fishing and wanted to plant and some green 
uh, you know, some green fields like England, so they took England. But it's just, uh-huh. it, you know what? Uh-huh. Talking about this makes me think about how major uh, influence God used Spain with the church. I absolutely, I see it. The whole continent, at least. Uh, South America. We've got Mexico, which is North America, right? Mm-hmm. And then California and Oregon, they, they were Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People talk about people crossing the border. Yeah. From Mexico, man, they're crossing the border into Mexico. What well, used to be Mexico, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oregon. It, oh, totally, totally. Um, yeah. And so, exactly, like you said, like, there's so much influence from the uh, from the Hispanics. They, I think God did use, there was a lot because at this time, and for I would call, it's called a vice regal America. That means uh, the the America being the part of the Spanish Empire. It was uh, there's a lot of strong priests, strong nuns, a lot of holy people too. Not just conquistadores, right? Um, yeah, Texas too. Yeah. Um, I mean, and these these people who established. I mean, the first nonprofit organizations. You know, the first orphanages, the first hospitals, the first. And in fact, these priests were scientists. I mean. The one of the first uh, people, the, actually the first person to make the trip through to the Philippines and cross into the Pacific and make a successful route was a priest. Um, and he, oh, I can't remember his name. I think it's Urieta. I think his name is. But um, I mean, you had a bunch of priests like this, and the ones who made the Camino Reales, the first ones. I mean, from Veracruz to Zacatecas, different parts of Mexico, right? Um, these are priests that 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 helped. And the one priest ended up almost being a hundred years old. I mean, these these folks. I mean, and he had a whole, let's, this one priest had like, he became a priest at the age of 70. So he had a whole life before this and became a priest at the end of his life, lived to be about 90 something. He's the one that, that helped lead this, this project to establish El Camino Real because they had paths, they had, the indigenous had paths, they had roads, but not, nothing big enough for the types of animals that the Spanish had brought, like bulls and, and cows and horses. So they needed to... It, they had to make them bigger and wider. And so they had to, sh- you know, show how to pave the way and they had to teach. And so, yeah, there's, I mean, Hispanic, I mean, Hispanic America owes so much to, to you know, to, to, uh, to these Catholics. Man, I can talk, talk about this all day. The, um, one of the listeners, um, why, mm-hmm. asked me, asked you, what was your biggest hurdle? You know, you talked about that book and they went through difficulties. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got some issue like Mary, mm-hmm. something. He wanted to know what was your toughest. My toughest thing, um, definitely. I would say, uh, um, to be honest, to be, I mean, to be too honest, I would say my my hardest thing was understanding uh, like gay marriage. You know um, how it's uh, also um, you know uh, pr- you know condoms, you know birth control. Well, that, that was my toughest hurdle, but I mean, I thank God I, I, I understand it. I get it now, right? But I remember at what, the time it was extremely tough. What was bothering you about that? Were you well that you mm-hmm. saw nothing wrong with it or, or that's what it was. I mean, it was so you know, it's just a relativist type of mentality, right? Like, oh, like let bygones be bygones. I'm living my own life. Why should I bother other people living their life? You know, that's I didn't understand um I didn't understand the whole pro- the importance of being procreative to having a to me to carrying a chaste lifestyle. You know, I didn't understand um, just b- bearing children, having kids, and how how I think uh, how we need to I don't know um, 
does carry our sexuality in, in an appropriate way. And I just, I, I, I can live, I understand it now that I think our church is trying to hold us to a very high standard and just hold humanity to a high standard. And uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. But growing up, as I said before, my mother was an educator and she yeah. literally was, I would say almost indoctrinating people on how to, how to be not homophobic, how to not be transphobic, these things. And, and so I, it took a lot for me to, a lot of patience for me to, to learn these things and not be only just learn them, but to articulate them too in a discussion with somebody else, you know? And so well, I, you, I thank God. In my thinking, same sex is a, is an even bigger no, no among the Mexican crowds. Yeah, it is. And yeah, it is. Like they say in Africa. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Be yeah, a, it is. No sale. I have a lot of African, I have a lot of African friends that we talk about this. And um, they're very honest with me how they feel. And uh, I, I get it. I understand it. Um, you know, and I don't know. And I think it's another thing, too, is the reason why I had such an issue with it is because I didn't understand where us heterosexuals get it wrong, too. You know, like I think uh, how we're not sh we shouldn't be out being promiscuous. We shouldn't be, you know, uh, looking to just be a part of this hookup culture and just take advantage of, you know, take advantage of people and stuff like that. You know, it just I didn't understand. So now it's a wholesome look of life. What's that? Yeah. Well, I've never heard anyone. Uh, well, you know, yeah, I, I did talk to somebody the other day that said that was the issue with them too, because when it came to sex, they were kind of raised hippie, yeah. you know, a love fest, and then they go start going to Catholic church, and they're wondering what the big, you know, why they're so uptight. But it's a theology of the body. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're good. Good. Yeah. John Paul II. Yeah. yeah. Why we're created? I mean, you could just. You can find God just by looking at your body. You know? That's right. What is this for? That's a good point. Yeah. It's part of our life. <laughs> yeah. Why did God put it there so we could be on spring break? Yeah, no, yeah. That's Does and he... I, I see <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, you're so right. You're right. You're absolutely right. And it it just I yeah, I, I God wants us to live a, a very fit feeling life. Uh, uh you know, a life full of of, of, you know, I don't know. I think he wants us to, to express ourselves more fully, you know? And I, I think John Paul II said it really well. He said, like, for example, when he spoke against porn, he says, it's not, it's not that porn is showing you too much. It's that it's showing you too little. And you're only seeing so much of another person, right? You're only seeing the physical attributes and, and a real instant moment right there, right? But in reality, you have a whole, a whole person behind it with a whole history. And when you have sex with somebody, your, your destiny's cross, you know, even for an instant instance and so i think it's something we got to be very careful with you know to protect and, and also like cherish you know and say you know and god i mean everyone i think the obvious too people want don't want to talk about but i think our spouses our future spouses would truly deeply appreciate it if we took care of that you know yeah of course um how are you now i'm 31 i'll be 32 in uh august okay um i was just thinking like in in your circle of friends is like Looking at porn, a big, a big temptation with your, like your friend group. I, it's not. A, it's, it's not. So, I mean, I'm sure it's. It's. I'm sure everybody struggles with it a little bit. But I mean, for my friends, thank God. I, I mean, I'm telling you, my friends, we've raised each other. We're we're very Catholic. Like I mean, like we're 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 like that's like our we we wherever we go, we try to pioneer in a respectable manner. Um, and so. Yeah, that that's one of those things we have these talks and we say, you know, we're constantly re reassuring each other, like, hey, you know, 
this it's not okay and this is the logical reason behind this this is what it could do to our wives this is that you know we have talks like this just person to person man to man like that you know um and we just encourage each other you know um and so so it's not a problem i'd say but it does come up in talks just like anything else right like i'm talking about you know protestantism i'm talking about you know history you know stuff like that well you know i got uh i'm a guy because you didn't notice and <laughs> yeah when i was See, you're you're 31. You're 31. Mm -hmm. Think where I was. We didn't have cell phones when I was your age. Okay. Yeah. I was a policeman. Mm. And GPS. We were we would have to use a map book to find a, a burglary in progress. You know? Oh heck no, it's dangerous. So <laughs> I'm. But you know what? You know when I was your age, you had mm -hmm. to go to a bookstore. Mm -hmm. to buy something, a magazine, or maybe a convenience store, they would be up there on a rack, you know, mm -hmm. and your, you know, your sodas or whatever, and you'd be, you know, you're out. <laughs> and, and then, like when I was a kid, one time, someone threw a, a Playboy out their window on my street. Obviously, it was a, a man on his way home. Okay. He's been looking at his magazine. And now it's time to get rid of it before he gets home and his wife. <laughs> he throws it out of the hallway ends of my front yard, right? Uh -huh. So, you know, it's like gold. You know, we got a magazine. You know, you go to the clubhouse and, you know, everybody, because you didn't have it on TV, you know? Yeah. You didn't yeah, have it on phone. And now you don't have to hunt for it. It's hunting for you. Yeah. You it's, can't. Go, it, it's so true. You can't so go true. up and your wife can say, Go get me a gallon of milk. And you go to public for whatever y'all Safeway, whatever y'all have out there. Mm -hmm. And you see stuff in the magazine rack mm -hmm. that, you know, you're getting ambushed all the time. I mean, it's it's in TV. And I can't imagine had I had a set, an iPhone when I was. Like dating and stuff. Huh? God. Yeah. That's it's wild. A big, it's a big problem with a lot of guys, you know, because. Uh, my son yeah. page on Instagram, and a lot of the guys are always asking him for advice. With like a like like with women, how to talk to a girl and stuff. Is that what they ask oh, about? No, too much about that. It's about the other side of it. The, you oh, born. Oh, oh, okay. Wanking it, you know. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You know, it's a big deal with a lot of young. Catholic men because mm -hmm. they're they're in torment. They they love God, mm -hmm. they love the church, they love Mother Mary, but they got this uh, gallon of hormones in their body that's boiling. Yeah. And then you got all this porno everywhere on your phone. On I mean, it's it's coming for you. And I just I just wondered what how you would tell somebody in your age well, below, hey, what can they do? Well, I would say someone. Yeah, no, young, young person. I for sure, I for sure, right? If they feel they have to, I mean, I don't know. I, stay away from pornography. I think that's the one thing. I mean, if you're gonna do what you do, right? I mean, start start by start somewhere and stop watching porn, you know, and just start there, you know, because I mean, it's one thing to to you know, there's one thing to masturbate, right? But it's another thing if you're watching porn and masturbating. You, you, these heavy expectations and these images are there. They say there's like studies that say that it ingrains in their minds 
like similarly like drugs like there's similar sensations and in that sounds like an addiction uh, course, and then also imagine how you know imagine it's like an, it is an addiction and so imagine how if you're if you say you're not in a relationship now right but i think it kind of goes down to many things right like if you're not in a relationship now you have you don't have someone that you're trying to that's keeping you accountable like that like our wives you know because i have a wife right um she would she'd be pissed if she caught me doing something like that right uh watching porn she'd be so mad right and um, so yeah, like if you don't have someone on you like that, right. Or you don't have friends that are around you that are telling you positive things about, you know, against porn, you know, and, and maybe you have friends that are encouraging the other way that are just openly watching porn. I mean, I would start by just saying, you know what, let's cut out the porn. Let's start there. You know, um, I think, cause I think it's, yeah, I, I just think, uh, I, I don't think it's good practice for when you do get into a relationship, it's kind of like sleeping around, right. It's like, or it's like playing sports, right. If you're going to be a professional soccer player or professional basketball player, right, you're not going to spend all your time playing baseball, right? So if you're going to pretend, practice, if you're practicing, you want to become a good husband, well, then you better not sleep around and, and start developing these bad habits. But when you get into that league, when you begin into, when you become a husband, you want to be well prepared. You want to be strong, right? So you're not, so don't waste your time. You know, don't push, don't pull the other way if you're preparing to be something, something else, you know? I mean, it's okay to make mistakes, and I think that's one thing too. Sometimes it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes, um, but it's another thing to to say to have an open to proclaim to declare openly against uh, against what you're, against being a better person, right? So yeah, that's a well. Um, that's interesting. There's a guy named there's a uh, there's an Instagram page called I think it's called Do the Hard Thing. Okay. Or, do the hardest thing, something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. It is uh, guys about your age, and uh, his dad was a um, like a vice president at EWTN. Oh, and okay. I met him, and he had a, a segment. He was talking about wanking it, and mm -hmm. and all these men are like, you know, texting him on mm -hmm. Instagram, asking him for advice, and he was saying. I was just reading, you know, what he was saying because he was saying that if you can go 30 days without oh. waking, okay, mm -hmm. that you you will literally break the uh, uh the, there's a physical addiction to it, mm -hmm. and and a you know a mental thing, yeah, a, a bondage or something, yeah. And he says if you can go, you know, just a, a good period of time, then. Yeah. Because a lot, a lot of guys just do it out of habit. I think. Yeah, it's like it's like their fine motor skills, right? Like yeah. their motor, gross motor skills. You know, <laughs> it's second nature, like breathing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, because when I was in the Marine Corps, man, I, I had sea duty and uh, I, I was on a ship for uh, a total of over a year. But mm. where where the Marines lived, I was in the Marine Corps. We had a, a, a birthing area, a living area. With over three hundred guys in that one room sleeping together, okay, hundred horny Marines, yeah, all of them, most of them twenty-one and under, and wow, yeah, got wall-to-wall -wall, uh, centerfolds hanging up everywhere. Uh -huh. I mean, you can't even see the walls inside <laughs> the. I mean, you can't even see them, and they had a big old TV up there, even back in the eighties. They had a big TV, and it was running on there like, like ESPN, man. They were just they would just show 
porn movie, <laughs> 24 and 7. Uh-huh. And then when you went up to the head, which is a bathroom, a latrine. Oh, okay. Man, you walk in there and they got a magazine rack for your. It's everywhere. What's the The U.S. Marine Corps. So you got your magazines, you got your jars of Vaseline up there set out for you. And and the big joke on sea duty was uh, who was the first one to get caught? <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not, yeah, it sounds like you're supposed oh, to fail if you're going to be up there. Yeah, sooner or later you're going to slip up, you know, because you, here you are going to sea for six months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and guys are guys, and they had these little curtains, like you like, like, uh-huh. like the bunks were like six, six high or four high. Uh-huh. Like you're laying in your rack. That's what they call them. They don't call them a bunk. You're laying in bed. Oh, okay. Out on top of you, like his butt is sagging. Oh, heck no. But it's sagging right there. And so, oh, no. Privacy, you can close. But you can hear, oh. man. Yeah, you can hear it. Yeah, I can imagine. People get, I had it. People get caught. Man, the I first call, it's all over the ship, like in five minutes. You know, so and so got caught wanking it. So it's a big joke. So, so that, who gets who cut who catches people? Is it like the the higher ups? They come in and they catch oh, someone, or is it just someone oh, catches someone else? Your buddies, man. Your buddy, <laughs> your buddy would catch you and blab it out to everybody. Oh, okay. Open and it was horrible, man. It was worse than being in college. God, that and was tough. It's tough, but after about two weeks, you know, nobody cared no more. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a joke, you know. It was just part of part of life, and it's just you know, yeah. That's what I was, that's what I came to. Yeah. Wow. I developed as a young man. I was trained by the U.S. government to watch porn. (laughs) I was trained by the, it sounds like it. It's like an indoctrination almost. It was an indoctrination, you know. Man, that's rough. Well, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're here. You seem like a fantastic grandfather, father. I mean, God, God has put us, I mean, especially I've seen, I mean, hearing this, I mean, you could have ended up anywhere, right? God knows where these other guys ended up. I mean, I mean, they're kind of left to the wind after after experiences like that. And I mean, I just just got to keep praying. I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm really impressed with what you what you what you've established here. Even this whole platform you've created, it's impressive, man. It's, well, I'm really I just, impressed. you know, my heart is for uh, just average people. Okay. From every kind of, like you said, man. You know, if you go around here telling people you're Catholic. Where I'm mm-hmm. at, Alabama, <laughs> man, you mm-hmm. might as well be telling them you're in the freaking Taliban or uh, Islamic extremists, man. They really do not think that we are Christians. Oh, yeah, they don't. No. They yeah. think we're like pagans, almost yeah. devil worshiping, you know? They, yeah. they got these, especially with the online stuff, you know, you got all these conspiracy theories, you know, with these made up, these Photoshop images of the Pope and stuff with like devil canes and stuff, you know? Yeah. It's, it's bad. It's like an uphill battle, man. Mm-hmm. And it goes back, you said about them pushing this narrative out long ago. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite yeah. thing the mass? My thing, my favorite thing about the mass. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about communion, the Eucharist is my favorite sacrament. I love the Eucharist. In fact, that's that's. Um, I think that's what makes us so special. Us Catholics is is our take on marriage. You know, I think we're the one of the only Christian institutions to hold it down for not divorcing you know 
to being to you know what to death to us part for real because every other Christian denominations whether they're whether they're against homosexual marriage or not they still have a very loose loosey goosey with the whole divorce thing and even even like Islam you know you have people who can divorce too um they can have multiple you know some religions they have multiple wives uh, in Catholicism we're like no we have one one husband one wife you know the unit of family the the cell of society is built around this. So I think that's one of my my favorite things about the Catholic Church is, is our take on marriage, our sacrament of marriage, and the sacrament of the Eucharist. Because Jesus was not speaking symbolically. He spoke very literally to us. It's there in black and white. It's there in the Bible. And, and that part, John, you know, John 54, right? I think I remember, was it, uh, and I don't remember which chapter, right? John but, 6. Uh, 6. John 6, 54. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, what he say? He said, um, those who do not eat my flesh and drink my blood does not do not have eternal life in them, huh? and then it it was so upsetting that ironically in John sixty six John six sixty six so six 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 ironically you have all these Christians all these followers leaving Jesus saying who and they say who can take this teaching who can understand this teaching and they leave him they literally leave him and that's what we're seeing with so many Protestants are leaving the Catholic Church where we practice where we have the Eucharist in its in its fullness we have the authority to dish out the Eucharist. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's right there in black and white. So that's one of my favorite things about the Catholic, yeah, is the Eucharist. That's my favorite thing about the Mass. So how did you come about hooking up with your wife? So my wife, uh, in college, we uh, went to the same college. I had gone out of a pretty bad relationship with this girl that I had, that I used to, like, love. I tried so hard. It didn't work. Um, I was really broken hearted about it. So I wasn't. I didn't have a relationship. I didn't have a girlfriend for a, while, for a little bit there, like a year and a half or so, two years, <laughs> which for me, it was kind of a long time, right? At that time, I guess, but it felt like a long time like to get over her. But uh, she came into my life. Uh, she, I could tell she had a little crush on me. And uh, so I was kind of like, okay. Um, I was like, you know, we'll give it a shot. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I liked, I liked, I, I liked her. I just liked her. Uh, I just liked her attitude. And so she ended up being my girlfriend. Um, we've had, I mean, we've had, and it's been a, it's been a it's been a lot you know a lot and then um, my daughter was born first while well, she was still I had graduated college she was still in her last year in college and over here we for college it's like super expensive you know it's like like thousands and thousands of dollars of debt so like we're accumulating this debt getting these degrees right so and for her to be in her last year and have a baby and not be able to finish that year was a huge was a huge inconvenience right but my Catholic side of me my pro life side of me was said. You talk to God, God's you're gonna God's gonna figure this out with you. Stay true to what you have to be a good father. You've always said this that I've told myself this. When I become a father, all these all these games, all the games have to end. I have to be a good father. You know, not just be a good husband, I have to be a good father. Uh, I mean, not how do I say this? In order to be a good father, I have to be a good husband. So so I I decided that okay, we're gonna make this work. So we ended I ended up moving. I ended up moving to so that way we can be close to her family. Now we're by her family. We're not necessarily by my family. Um, and so she's more comfortable. And, and so that was six years ago, six, seven years ago or so. And I didn't have a job. I was actually had gone undergone surgery. Um, and I was having this baby on the way. And so I had a lot going on. And I was able to get, get job, get work, uh, you know, uh, have my daughter. Um, and then eventually, uh, my daughter was about two in 2018. Uh, we got married. Uh, we got married through the Catholic Church and everything. So, you know, everything or husband and wife, right? And so it took some time to get the, the money together so that way we could have a nice wedding like she wanted, or like we wanted, right? <laughs> she wanted, mm-hmm. but like, you know, have a big one, right? And so 
And then we ended up going to, to Rome for a honeymoon. And yeah, and so we're still working, right? But yeah, that's how I met my wife. So, so what's your plan? My plan? My what plan. You- uh, work, make sure my daughter's okay, you know, make sure she, she grows up right. And then uh, also work. Uh, I, I have a, I have, I work as a data secretary at a school site. And so I, I support the administrators, the counselors, and the teachers, and the families with the programs online. And then I have a side job. I'm an interpreter translator. So I translate span, you know, for these companies, that, like private schools and stuff, and even Catholic schools. And then I have this other thing with the YouTube channel that um, I've been doing a lot with. And so, yeah, I just, I just created my own channel. What's, uh, your, and what's the name of that channel? Hispanidad Translation. So it's H, like Hispanity, you know, Hispanidad, like dad again, translations. And so I basically, over a year, I've been working with this other channel called Brigada Antifraude and translating his, his, some of these most compelling, especially some of these very Catholic videos that he has. He's not even Catholic. That's the funny thing. He's, he's, he's non-believer, but he definitely, he's a strong defender of Catholicism historically. So, which is why I think we click, you know? Um, but anyways, I've, I've had 10 videos in the past year. I've been working for him and uh, they've been uploaded on his channel. And now I'm finally branching off and making, making my own channel. And so I can invite other, other, uh, his, Hispanic, uh, Spanish speaking videos that are very compelling and put them on those channels too. Yeah. It's funny that that's how you spell it right there. Eric. Ridner. That's really good, man. Um, what do you think about, uh, you ever thought about being a deacon? Yeah, my friend and I, uh, my friend, he was actually going to be a priest. He wanted to be a priest, uh, but he ended up he ended up falling in love and having a wife, and I thought, he has two kids now. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, we both want to be deacons. That's a long process, too, isn't it, to be a deacon? Yeah. It's not yeah, they, in the Baptist church where you fill out a card. <laughs> no, I guess not. A, <laughs> yeah. It, That'd be good, man. I can see you being a deacon. Thank you. I appreciate that, John. Yeah, your your sons too. I mean, God, you got some. Seems like you got some strong family. Like I'm, I'm really impressed, man. Yeah, I'm bored. Uh, they're having some kind of event out in uh, Virginia in July. You know that old festival? It's called La Pusa or something in mm-hmm. South. Are you into heavy metal? You don't like metal? You don't I like mean, metal? I some Metallica. some songs, some songs, but I'm not a huge fan. If you went to a Metallica concert, mm-hmm. at least a third of the people there would be Hispanic kids. <laughs> That's true. I do know that a lot of Mexicans. Oh, seriously. Oh, they're having Argentinians. a lot. You know, you, um, the FBI came out and said that the traditional Latin mass people were like a hate group. They got, you know, they're, they're watching them. So... Uh, that was the Richmond office of Virginia. So they're going to have this Catholic trad festival right there where the FBI is. And, wow. And you, the yeah. FBI said that the rad treads were like terrorist groups? Is that what you, they're yeah. hate groups? Rise on them. They got the that's, What? That's, that's, I can't believe it. was kind of like that thing with the rosary. Remember that when they were talking about yeah. how the rosary is like a weapon? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, they're going to have this big Catholic event. Um, out there. I think they're going to have bands and speakers. I'm not real sure. But I'll send you a, a, a text to it. It'd be, it'd be nice to meet you and your friends, man. I'm oh, glad. yeah. My uh, friends would be great for this, too. Uh, yeah. Yes. You think you're going to have uh, a couple of your friends maybe come give their testimony on the 
podcast about? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I have one friend, the one that wanted to be a priest. He has this degree in philosophy, um, but he wanted to be a Jesuit. Like he's, and he's he's a little di- he's much different than me. But we both were heavy Catholics. But it just it goes to show what God does, right? He he brings he brings people to him through all kinds of different people. I mean, like he's more quiet. I'm the fast talker. He's very he likes to like ponder and he likes to hear people out a lot and he gives his he has his very profound responses. Um, so yeah, I think you'd get it. I think you'd like him a lot. Hey, give him my number, man. I will. I will for give sure. My number, yeah. So is your wife? Is she fired up like you? Yeah, she is. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's like, she's like that. She's that stereotypical, you know, his you know Latina, you know, or the Hispanic girl, you know, that, that wife, you know. Well, you got me. You got like a halo over the right side of your head, <laughs> and one over your left shoulder. <laughs> you see those? Oh yeah, it's beautiful up here. Yeah, it's <laughs> light over you. God bless you, man. <laughs> I love you, man. Um, appreciate you. Thank you. Sorry it took so long to hook up with you, man. It's just life, man. It's just it's all good. That light. Yeah. No I, hard feelings. Friend, come on if you can have him shoot me a text. Okay. Just tell as as we go off, could you just remind everybody where your YouTube is again? Because I can't. Oh. Oh yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's a like Hispanic. It's Hispanidad translations. Okay, man. I'm gonna. I'll go back and, and link you up on this when I when I post. Sounds good. I'll, I'll send you a text with the name in it. All right, man. You have a good Holy Week and a good Thank Easter. Thank you. Say yes, God bless you. Thank you so much, John. Take it All easy. Right. Okay. God bless you. Bye. Sounds Bye-bye. good. Thanks. Bye.